Hello, everyone. Welcome to Power Up Women, our cross-generational, cross-cultural conversation about leadership, power, and social justice through a female lens. I'm Ann Doyle. This week's episode is a little different because the tables were recently turned on me. Instead of asking the questions, I was invited to be a guest on The Art of Feminine Marketing, a podcast hosted by California Julie Fouched, whose work is all about teaching and inspiring women to trust their feminine wisdom in business, in leadership, and in life. So I hope you enjoy our conversation as Julie puts me in the hot seat for a change. This is the Art of Feminine Marketing podcast, where we explore how soul-fueled women entrepreneurs are creating six and seven-figure businesses in a way that aligns with their feminine essence and their natural genius. So if you're tired of marketing formulas and gurus that make you feel like you're stuffing your soul into a box that's way too small, this is the place for you. Hello and welcome. This is Julie Fouch, the founder of the Art of Feminine Marketing. I am so excited today because we get to talk to Ann Doyle. Yay. I met Ann Doyle not long ago when I was invited to be a guest on her podcast and we had a real soul connection. So I'm so excited to have you here, Ann. Thank you so much for being here. Let me tell people a little about you. Ann has been on the front lines of women's progress for five decades. So she is a wisdom keeper at point. She is the author of Powering Up, How America's Women Achievers Become Leaders, and is host of two podcasts, Powering Up and Game Changers. As a trailblazing TV news and sports broadcaster, she helped open sports locker rooms to women journalists. That's fascinating. As an executive with Ford Motor Company, she was named one of the 100 leading women in the auto industry. A respected voice for advancing women and girls, Anne's work as a keynote speaker has taken her to six continents. She's the mother of a 28-year-old son and a lifelong horsewoman. Welcome, Anne. Hi there, Julie. I'm so happy to be connected to another witch. Yes, me too. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I had a mentor who um, said to me at one point, she said, we need more grandmothers on the planet. And when she said grandmothers, she she wasn't talking about women and grandchildren. She was talking in the Native oh. American sense of the women who keep the wisdom and share the wisdom with the planet. And you definitely fall in that category as being one of the grandmothers of the planet. Oh, I love that because um, at the rate my son is going, I don't know if I'll live long enough to be a grandmother in the old sense, (laughs) the other sense. (laughs) Well, only 28. That's right. That's right. And I am not one of those mothers that pressures because I didn't get married until I was 36. So no rush, Kevin. I was married uh, very young, very young, and had my first daughter just before I was 19. (gasps) And 
So, and then had four kids in rapid succession because, you know, that's what Catholics do. And, <laughs> and oh. um, then all my children waited. And uh -huh. I, I to get married, uh, to have children. Yeah, they all waited. Mm -hmm. And um, I think Sarah was about your son's age when she had Madison. Okay. Um, but my, my, my son, Zachary, married a woman who's just a few years older than him. And she had a little boy. So I actually have a grandson who's a sophomore in college, which is crazy, oh. as well as all of the little tiny ones who are out there. So it's kind of an interesting full so you're circle. A you're a grandmother in both senses then. I am grandmothering all over the place. So I wanted to just end with you on this. We are in the middle of the great unraveling, um, what some of my spiritual teachers are calling the great awakening, which is not the great awakening of Q, but like an actual spiritual awakening on the planet. Um, and there's a lot of stuff going on. So how are you doing with everything? There is a lot of stuff going on, and uh, I, I like to believe that we are at a grand awakening, and I know for things to be um, reconfigured, often there has to be a great breaking uh, of the old, which is sometimes very, very painful, just like birth can be painful, but to, to uh, open new possibilities of um, fresh ways of thinking, fresh life, and so um, I'm... I'm very, very hopeful, I would say, Julie. I think that in terms of women, which is um, very much of my work in terms of um, women being able to achieve their full potential, which they have been blocked in so many ways for thousands of years, uh, I feel that we are certainly at an inflection point. Uh, you know, we have never, ever in the history of the world seen so many um, educated women uh, with uh, and financially uh, independent women with um, some of the legal rights that our grandmothers, you know, never, ever had. So the question now is, um, are women going to be courageous enough to, um, to step forward and step into their individual power? And more importantly, even is stepping into our collective power, which is all about us um, working together. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm holding my breath and I'm doing everything I can to encourage women to have the courage um, to seize this moment. What do you think it's going to take for women to send to their leadership and to actually be part of the remaking of the planet? Well, I think, first of all, there has to be, um, you know, awareness. Um, I've, I've said for a long time that my mantra has been uh, every woman for herself is a losing strategy. And um, that's really another way of looking at that, uh, that beautiful African proverb that says, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And so um, I, I still haven't seen the way that I want to see uh, women 
being comfortable enough to say, yes, I am woman <laughs> in the way that Ann Reddy's song, you know, sang so joyfully almost five decades ago. You know, I am woman and that doesn't mean I don't like men, but it means that I am a, um, I have things in common with my sisters and there are forces um, and there's wisdom that we as women need to bring to um, decisions uh, to make um, the world a better place. And that gets down to the nitty gritty of um, who we elect to political office and the kinds of um, things that we are concerned about in our community and the things, the policies that we support. And so um, I have, um, I, I, I like to say, I think there's three things. I mean, one, I think that women have to actually embrace power get comfortable with power, and we can talk more about that. Um, number two, I think that we have to very courageously challenge bias, gender bias, racial bias, any kind of um, bias that undermines other human beings, uh, that we have to not be on the sidelines and be quiet about it because we think people won't like us if we make a little fuss. I think we have to challenge bias and help a raise awareness among everyone. And then I like to say we need to join team women. Oh, there's so much goodness there. <laughs> I know that's kind of, you know, the big three, and then we can, we can talk about each one if that's. Yeah. You know, let's dive into one. Each one. It, it, it's interesting because I was in the Akashic records this morning. This is my, the newest thing. I'm really loving learning the records and being the records. Um, mm. And one of the things, the records, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in there and I'm like, where do I need to heal? What is it that I need to release or let go of to move forward in this new realm? And the record keepers were talking to me about how I was formed and this idea of power over that either men had power over me, my brothers had power over me, I had power over my sisters because I was the oldest, and there was a hierarchy of power and a power dynamic in our family, which is something that I have struggled with because, <laughs> you know, yeah. it comes up for me. It's really there, and I don't, I don't want that. That's not the kind of power that I think is necessary. And of course I did the work. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna release this pattern, we're gonna let it go, we're gonna heal it. I did all that work. And I think it's a really interesting place to look. So when you talk about women stepping into their power, what does that mean for you? Right. Uh it means to um recognize first that we are very, very different than men. And, um, and that we are, uh, we have, are, are living in, growing up in, socialized in a very patriarchal culture, which was really created by men because men were the ones, um, you know, for centuries uh, who have had the power and created the systems that we live in. And, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a horsewoman. Uh, and so all my life, horsewoman. And, you know, I look at, you know, horses are very hierarchical beings. And so, you know, everything is, they are, um, you, you have your place in the herd and there's, there's not equals 
you're either you're above me or I'm below you, you know, and, and then once they know where they are, everything is fine. And I think men, I believe men are, think very much like that too. But women, as I said, we're different creatures and, and that's not how we function at our best. Um, that we, and there's been a lot of research written about this, which I think is why women are so uncomfortable with the kind of power that is usually exerted in our patriarchal culture. And, um, and so the whole idea of we're more about power too. And so we don't like this idea of having power over somebody else. And, um, and I, I, I learned so much from Kim Campbell, who was the first woman prime minister of Canada. And I interviewed her, got to know her a little bit when I was working on my book, Powering Up. And she said to me, Anne, please tell women not to fear power. She said, it's absolutely essential that women embrace power. And she said, not to have power over other people, but because it is the currency for getting things done. And that's the whole idea of power too. And so um, we have to uh, not allow the fact that we're working in a world where men are more like horses and I don't know what kind of uh, metaphor in terms of the, the animal kingdom I can use for, for women, but we are much more in terms of like a network, in terms of uh, more comfortable in a more equal situation, which is why we bring some really great, important improvements to leadership uh, in our country, in our companies, in our society. Oh, I love that. So it's the power to... And we the look power at the what, power to get things done, to power to make a difference, not, not just in our individual families, but in the human family. And I really feel the human family is crying out for women to um, get, get in here in terms of shaping the culture for our whole human family. Oh, I so agree with you. I love this idea that the power for women doesn't come from having power over someone, but it comes from being in collaboration. The, the energetic connections, when we are in community with like-minded women, that energetic connection gives the more power to move forward with our own dreams and goals and visions and in leadership in reshaping the world. So, and it's something we can teach men, you know, that we, we have learned plenty. I mean, I've been in the, a professional working woman for almost five decades and certainly have had um, tremendous um, male mentors uh, throughout my working life. And, and I've learned plenty from them. But we also have to have the confidence to know that, that there's plenty that men can learn from us and that what we bring to the table is of equal value and it's missing right now. Yeah. I so agree with you. Let's hit number two, because this one, <laughs> oh, this one's juicy. And I think that in most of us, there is a tendency to challenge bias when we see it outside of ourselves. So how do we recognize bias? And I think that for me has been part of this year is recognizing that not only do I have internal bias, 
which I, I already knew, but that it is vital that I address own bias so that I can then be part of challenging bias out in the world. So how do we start with that nugget, <laughs> that boulder? You know, I love I love talking about this because um, I think that what's happened in uh, the, the you know the last uh, six months or so in the United States, as as we saw um, a tremendous um, uprising related to Black Lives Matter, and um, you know thousands and thousands of people of of uh, all colors and stripes and generations marching. Um, and it's, um, it's caused a, a great um, sort of in renewed interest in people sort of trying to understand a racism, which is a, a deeply ingrained bias in our culture. And, um, you know, I'm reading, I've been reading the book uh, again. I read it when it first came out, but I've been rereading the really important book, um, White Fragility, um, why um, it's so hard for whites to talk about racism. And uh, I think there could be a parallel book called Male Fragility, Why It's So Difficult for Men to Talk About Sexism, uh, because I think there's some real parallels there. And, um, you know, it's that whole idea about um, as a white person born into a, a, a white dominant culture, that it's very easy for me to not even see the biases, not to be aware of the biases that, of course, I have because of how I've been socialized in this culture. And um, so I think, number one, there's an awful lot of incredible books or, or videos on TEDx and things um, related to bias, uh, all kinds of bias. But um, one that I'm working on personally right now is um, being aware of my own biases related to having been born white in a in a white culture that's a, a very um that, that's a very racist culture and uh, i'm just starting with myself uh, i think that also i had a conversation this morning actually with um uh i do my podcasts um from a uh fantastic uh place called the motor city woman studio in uh, detroit and it's one of the few um, podcast and audio recording studios in the state of Michigan that is owned not only by a woman, but an African-American woman. And um, I told her, I said, Robin, if I say something that is racist or it's insensitive or unconscious, I want you to tell me, uh, uh, please do me the favor of, of telling me about it because I truly that would be a gift to me. I want, I want to know. And she said, um, thank you for telling me that. And she said, I will. And I think one of the places to start is to basically say, um, I want to know. Yeah. And I think it's okay to do that with our team members. I did the same thing. My, um, my social media gal, uh, it, uh, she's also younger. So I know you, talk about the generations um but she's younger and she's african-american and she's in la and so i was able to say to her like feel free i want you to correct me if you see something that i'm doing or saying that just like sets you off and i give you your blessing to call me on it 
please call me on it. And I think that, you know, we can ask that team members. I'm a little more um, careful with friends or uh, colleagues because I've heard it's not my responsibility to educate you, which I also agree. And like, I'm looking. And the interesting thing for me, my daughter was um, a major, don't know why I forgot this, was uh, minority women's studies. And then my husband is a city planner. So when this whole thing started and I started educating myself and I was like, do you know what redlining is? You know, <laughs> outrage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a bad policy that we've had forever. And this is that, you know, and so even that leaning the people around me who understand um, has been part of the education. And frankly, I know I can go deeper and do more. Right. And I think, I think that's part of it is being willing Especially the willingness to examine our own places where we didn't understand and we might be biased, I think is huge. Um, and then I believe as women of, um, you know, women who've got some morality that we will, once we recognize it, then we will take action on it. Um and, yeah. and, and I want to give, like, it's so easy, Anne, to say, you know, to kind of put a blind eye to something that benefits us. And so it takes real courage to dig in and do this. It takes real courage because uh, many people don't, don't welcome it at all. And even people who say they want to know uh, can get very, very defensive really quickly. And, um, and one of the things I think about also is... Um, for when we have opportunities, when, when they come, because we all have situations, whether it was about us or whether it is something we witnessed being done uh, to um, diminish another human being, um, you know, that, that we have that decision to make in terms of, am I going to make a scene? Am I going to ruffle feathers? Am I going to be quiet and not say anything? What am I going to do here? And I think a great example of how to, um, take a situation even that may be personal about you and, and use it as a teaching moment for the bigger issues that um, so many people face was done recently by Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And, um, you know, she had a situation where she was insulted, you know, called an effing bitch, you know, in front of other people by another member of Congress, by a male member of Congress. And um, she used that opportunity. She made a very, very major speech on the floor of Congress about this. And she also asked other members of Congress, other women, uh, to come and stand with her and to speak if they wished about their own experiences. And, and she used it to make a very, very um, strong uh, resistance to the fact that this is the kind of diminishment that millions of women experience every day in thousands of ways, you know, 
as waitresses, as, as, as maids doing in hotels, as executive women, as lawyers before judges. I mean, it's at every level. And to try to have men understand that this, that every single incident is unacceptable because it's repeated by death by a thousand cuts. And, if, and if for any of your listeners who haven't seen that, I really encourage you, um, you can go to the internet and find it very, very easily. And uh, we'll find the link to that clip and we'll okay. put it in the show notes so people can watch that. And that whether you agree with her policies or not, uh, it was a real moment that everybody needs to see. Yeah, it was a very powerful moment about what women live with. Women of every, all along the political spectrum, it had nothing to do with politics. It had everything to do with gender. Yeah. I, you know, I can remember times when I had to prove myself. I worked, when I worked PR, uh, I worked with some very old boys, <laughs> old boys club. Clients. And I constantly had to be proving myself to them. There was no automatic, oh, she's an expert coming in. There was a lot of, and a bell just rang. Um, so this is a truth moment. Like we can look at that. And then I look at that and I'm very privileged. And I live in a very progressive place. And I was born a white woman, you know, mm -hmm. had opportunities. How much more empathy and uplifting do my sisters who haven't my advantages need? Haven't, what do they need when they haven't had the advantages I've had? When I look at my own experience mm -hmm. of proving man, I just think how much harder it must be to be a woman of color how much right. harder it must be to be um, some people that I've connected with in the South. It just, oh. Right. And I serve on the board in Detroit of an organization called um, De uh, Detroit PAL or Police Athletic League. They have these organizations around the country. And it's really about primarily it began by using sports and also with the involvement of police officers um, working with young kids, I mean, usually, um, you know, grade school all the way up to high school kids to sort of um, build leadership, build opportunities for them. And I'm particularly focused on working with the girls. They have a program called um, Girls Changing the Game. And when you think about the fact that these young girls are, are dealing with um, not only sexism, but racism and, and, and diminishing of who they are from a very, very young age. Um, it, it's a heavy boulder. They, they have to push up the hill in order to um, compete equally in this culture. Yes. Well, I want to wrap this back around for um, the women who are listening to this, who came to this thinking we were going to get into some feminine marketing here. <laughs> Because I think at a subtle level, this really is about marketing. This really is about how you be and how you show up in the world, which is your best marketing tool. 
who you show up as determines who you are going to attract. And the more you can show up as your powerful power to um, empathetic, connected, soul fueled, soul led woman, which is what you're talking about. Um, you know, when, when we all return to love, then we solve prism because, and I don't mean we stop marching and we stop doing everything, but if, if we can bring everybody to love, then we see other human beings with love that solves that problem. That, that's a simple answer to a not simple question because there's all the steps in between. So I get misunderstood when we return to love, we treat the planet with love and we heal the planet. When we return to love, then we serve our right clients in exactly the right way. And we lovingly let the others who are not ours to serve move on to the people who are meant to serve them. So all of that is about the beingness of who you be in the context of what's happening in the world. And I think that's the beauty of what you've been saying here. We have a third topic and we're almost out of time. So real quick, let's talk about joining the team. Join team women. Yeah, well, uh, I, I, I think about it, especially in the context of what we just celebrated, which is the 100th anniversary of, you know, women's 75-year uh, fight to win the right to vote. And, um, you know, the suffragists who led that fight for so long, their mantra was lift as you climb. And it's, it's as true today as it was then. Uh, it's, it's back to that whole idea about it's not just about you. You know, it's about you, um, you know, lifting, uh, standing together uh, and, and lifting others and um, lifting, you know, other women. Because um, <laughs> we, uh, we are half of the world. We're, we're holding up half of the sky. And uh, we have barely begun to scratch the surface of the uh, incredible skills, the incredible talent, and the incredible wisdom that women have to bring to the human family. So um, don't be, you know, don't be shy about joining Team Women. Uh, be proud of it, and um, and, and go uh, power, power up, power on. That's that's my mantra. Awesome. Thank you so much. I know that you have a group that people can join to get more of you. So we will put that in the show notes. Um, we will put the link to your books so people can get the link to your books. And how else do you want people to get in touch with you? Well, um, my podcast, you mentioned at the very beginning, um, Powering Up is the, uh, it's going into its third season. Uh, Powering Up is my podcast that um, I describe it as a cross-generational, cross-cultural conversation about leadership, power, uh, gender, and social justice. And that's the one that, um, you know, you, you did a great interview with me uh, for that. 
And then the other podcast is um, called Game Changers, which it's uh, it's the monthly podcast uh, of the International Women's Forum, which is a global organization of women leaders from all over the world. And um, and people can be in touch with me through those podcasts, but also through my website, which is simply andoyleleadership.com. And uh, hey, come visit us in Motown once uh, once everything's opened up again. I will. That sounds fun. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I just want to say as we close up, I just really appreciate this very, very important conversation. I would love to hear how this landed for people. So join us on my uh, Facebook Feminine Marketing Magic and let us know how you're taking leadership and how this whole conversation around powering to challenging bias and joining team women, how that affected you, hit you, resonated with you. All right, everybody have a great day. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe and leave us a review to get more great episodes for empowering your business the feminine way. And join our community on Facebook at Feminine Marketing Magic for soul-centered women entrepreneurs, where we support each other, celebrate, and brag with regularity. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this rather unusual episode of Power Up Women. If you were intrigued by Julie Fouch's insights or her questions, you will find her new podcast, The Art of Feminine Business, on your favorite podcast platform. So have a good week. Let's go power up. And remember, when one woman rises, we all rise. Don't forget to reach back and lift others as you climb.